Welcome to the She Is podcast. Come join us as we share with each other the stories that make us who we are. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged to keep boldly writing your story. Hey guys, I'm really excited today for um, my conversation because I get to have one of my dearest friends, uh, Danielle Miles, with me today. And this conversation, we're hoping, will just um, be an extension of conversations that we have fairly often. And uh, Danielle and I started walking together. I'm trying to remember, was that during COVID? Yeah. And uh, we would just try and once a week see each other. And um, over the course of a couple of years now, we've just shared life and encouraged each other, I think, and um, challenged each other. And so I'm excited for the story she's going to share because I've been able to see it play out in her life, and uh, I know it'll encourage you. So do you mind just introducing yourself? Maybe telling a little bit about yourself? I am Danielle Miles. I uh, First and foremost, I'm a child of God, so uh, there's that. But I am also a, a mom, a, a wife, a friend, a daughter, um, and I'm an educator, passionate about what I do, feel like God called me to it at a very young age, and I've had a great opportunity to live that out and live my passion and uh, feel like I'm here to create hope and beauty and um, inspire others. So I'm excited to share. And you have a pretty cute grandson. I do have a pretty cute grandson. I'm not used to putting that on my list yet. (laughs) I'll get better at that. (laughs) He's he's, he's adorable. So, well... um, Today, you've brought a story from, I mean, it's a fairly recent last few years story. Uh, Are you willing to, to read that now? Yes, I am. All right. Hearing from God. I spent most of my life feeling feeling alone, feeling like I belonged nowhere. This feels a bit confusing. From the outside looking in, I have all the markers of a fully loved, well connected life. I'm married to my best friend. I love and enjoy two adult children and their spouses. I am a head head over heels in love with this boy that Ann mentioned, Elliot, my grandson. I have good relationships with my parents, my siblings, my aunts, in-laws, cousins, and I have the best redheaded nephews. I have close, dear friends from every decade of my life. My job is purpose-driven and transformative. My church is filled with a diverse group of humans that I feel honored to call my extended family. I enjoy most people I meet and call them my friends. I experience success in most things I do. There is an abundance of love in my life. My Heavenly Father has blessed me beyond comprehension despite tough circumstances and trauma in my life. And yet, my heart was filled with anguish and my soul lived in constant turmoil. I could sit, sit, at a pleasant dinner with my husband or in a crowd of a thousand people and feel empty and alone. It felt like torture and I felt overwhelming shame for I could see the treasures God gave me. The loneliness that filled my heart made me feel ungrateful and selfish. I learned in my 30s that being alone was most likely a consequence of being the child of an alcoholic, a victim of abuse, a witness of domestic violence, and the only child of a broken home from the age of two. Truthfully, I despised these aspects of my life and lived as if 
the circumstances had no impact on my life. I decided at the age of 14 that my choices, not my circumstances, would determine my future and fate. I envisioned the woman I wanted to be and moved forward with my life with something to prove. I built a fortress around that decision and trusted that my goodness, perfection, and people-pleasing would keep me safe from getting hurt again and exposing my wounds from the past. These lessons followed a moment of reckoning. One of my dearest friends was moving to another state, and I fell apart, which seemed like a big response to a normal life circumstance. It was a crack in the wall of my fortress. I immediately started searching for answers and begging God to put my put me back together. I did all the right things. I studied, started telling my story, and confessed my insecurities. Joined a process group, engaged in leadership training. I once again envisioned the woman I wanted to be and moved forward seeking wholeheartedness and authenticity. But really, I just filled the crack and reinforced the wall of the fortress with penance, striving, and achievement. I was more alone than ever and fell out of place everywhere, even my own skin. I belonged nowhere. I continued apply, applying all the lessons I learned about leadership, vulnerability, wholeheartedness, and integrity to counter the lack of belonging and wounds in my heart. I was on top of my game at work. My marriage and my family were doing well. My inner circle was solid. I even expanded to one more dear friend. I was connecting well with my family, I was healthy and thriving, and then. In 2019, I started to have intense pain in my abdomen. I have lived with chronic stomach problems and pain most of my life, probably a manifestation of unaddressed trauma. I couldn't get out of bed in the morning without doubling over in pain. I could not run or work out. It impacted my intimacy with my husband. Worse yet, I could not even go to the bathroom without intense pain. I went to the doctor, and she informed me that I needed to have a hysterectomy. This news crushed me. Little by little, I came unglued. I could no longer contain the grief of my heart from loss and abandonment. I was so numb on the inside, numb and broken. I used vulnerability and authenticity as a means to control circumstances and people in my life. Not intentionally, of course, but it was the ugly truth. The darkness of my heart was exposed, and I quickly understood that all that goodness was a great deception. I created a world of self-sufficiency. Again, I did all the right things. I went to counseling. I talked with friends. I poured out my heart. I read books. I listened to podcasts. But the unraveling of my life did not stop. It was like all the hurt and wounds I suppressed for the first 40 years of my life were exploded. My strategies were not working. My authenticity and vulnerability created toxicity. My people-pleasing damaged relationships. My goodness, ugh. <laughs> I used penance to regain good standing with God and others. I made a mess of everyone with everyone in my life. I hurt and lost some very important dear people in my life, and now I was really alone. I struggled to believe I even belonged on this earth. And then one winter day, it was snowing. The snow quietly fell, out, fell in huge snowflakes, blanketing the earth in purity and beauty. I decided to go for a walk to clear my mind and sort the knots in my heart. I had recently listened to a podcast by Adam Young about hearing from God. I desperately wanted to hear from God. I needed to hear from God. 
Adam Young encouraged his listeners to ask God, what do you want to say to me? Then I then listen, and you'll hear his voice. I contemplated this for about a mile. I did not want to be made a fool. I did not know if I would hear his voice. My feet were frozen. My clothes were damp from the precipitation. The tips of my eyelashes were heavy from the little chunks of ice. I finally mustered up the courage to ask my Heavenly Father, the God of the universe, what do you want to say to me? I listened, and he responded, You belong to me, my child. You belong to me. I wept. Those were the words my heart and soul needed to hear, and I, it was the turning port point of my life. I belong to the Lord. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so at that point, do you feel like there was a turn for you in not feeling like you are the outsider or, or alone? Yeah. Yes. Um, it took a little bit, uh, but it was weird because all of the searching that I had done, reading the books, listening to the podcast, talking to people, going to counseling, they just never seemed to be the right bomb that I needed mm-hmm. to 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 soften my heart and to heal it. And when I heard those words and I knew it was the Lord, I couldn't help but know that that was the truth. And so it started, it prompted the journey that I that I took after that. It 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 almost like turned it, right? Sure. And so um instead of turning to all the things of the world that are supposed to make us happy, that are supposed to bring us joy, that are supposed to um mend our heart mm-hmm. it turned towards the lord and i think that that was the hugest the biggest difference in my life yeah so when you say that um you had talked about filling the cracks and you're reinforcing the wall so you're you're saying that the things that you were turning to were basically just like plastering yeah the wall that you had already created and really what you needed to do was turn to the lord yeah i feel like these are the things that people say you're supposed to do to heal right I mean, sure. I, I did them, right? I did them, and I still was sitting there with alone. And um, every time I would get a crack in the wall, I would start listening to a new podcast or I'd read a different book. Just searching for, Just something. Searching for something to, to make it stop. And, um, and every time I thought I was, like, successful, but I didn't realize I was just continuing to build that wall of self-sufficiency. Yeah. And that was that was damaging. Yeah. And, and you're... As a person, you are pretty like strong, and I think um, to turn to self sufficiency probably is a natural turn. Yes, very natural. I was when I was reading your story, I was thinking about a quote. I had to find it, and it's um, by John Baker, and it says, "We need to change our definition of willpower. Willpower is or should be the willingness to accept God's power." This happens when we see that there is no room for God if we are full of ourselves. And uh, I mean, for me, too, like, I just think like there's so often that the Lord's like, hey, lay that down. Yeah. Look to me. Yeah. Um, and I tend to think that I can do all the things or find the worldly balm. Yeah. And in reality, the Lord's asking us to turn to him. Yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely think that that God did make me strong. 
I feel like he's told me that. He's made me tougher than nails. Uh, I had to, in many circumstances, to Mm -hmm. live my life, uh, to live through some of the things of my childhood. And even actually in our, my adult life, we, my children are my stepchildren, and we've had a lot of hard times with just the circumstances of our lives together. And so he did have to make me tough, and he did have to make it so that I sometimes held it, held it together for everybody in my family. Or and, and maybe that was just me thinking that I needed to hold it together, which is probably the truth as I say those words <laughs> as, it comes out, as it comes out of my mouth. Um, but the truth is, is that, um, he, you know, he's, he made me strong, but he wanted me to be strong in him and not in myself. And I was completely trusting in myself and trying to keep everything afloat by myself, which is never okay. And it's never going to be okay. Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I sometimes get very worn out by, <laughs> by trying to continue to control my circumstances. Yeah. Do you know what it was about your friend moving away that just kind of tipped yeah, that was such an interesting uh, time in my life. I I felt like at the time that I had lost everybody. And I really hadn't. I mean, my husband was there. My kids were there. Um, but from a young age, I said my parents got divorced too. And so I think I just people I saw people come in and out of my life. And I really knew, never knew when someone was going to stay or when I might be taken away. Oh, yeah. And so those that just created this deep anxiety in me. And when I knew people were going to leave and I thought that that was going to be the end, I became an anxious wreck. And I'm not in general a very anxious, well, at least I didn't think I was an anxious person, mm-hmm. but that anxiety was overwhelming. And I I just clung to her as, I, as much as I possibly could. Yeah, And um, that was not right because the person I should be clinging to is God, not her. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I can see how the out of control part of that, where it's like, nope, I have no say on whether she stays or goes, would be, yeah, would be difficult. Um, just for someone who's feeling like they're not connected. Yeah. So, well, um, you talked about having your chronic stomach issue, mm-hmm. and then say you said it was probably a manifestation of undealt with trauma. Would you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that that's probably a new idea to some people. Sure. Um, I probably started having stomach problems when I was about 11 or 12. Uh, those stomach problems were mostly with my bowels. So I was diagnosed with the irritable bowel really early in my life. And then um, as I went into womanhood, I my cycles and menstruation. <laughs> it was so weird saying that out loud. Um, we're never really normal. Um, and so I never knew why the doctors always, they look at me and they're like, oh, you're healthy. You're fine. You da 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 da. And so um, it just continued to um, get worse and worse and worse. And then it, it would swing. My stomach problems would swing from the spastic side. Mm-hmm. If you have irritable bowel, you know what I'm talking about, to the other side where I'm like couldn't go to the bathroom and so um it was interesting as I now looking back yeah as I have worked on the trauma of my life those things have healed um they've gotten better and improved um but you know they I can't remember the statistic but I think they say that 90% of people who have stomach problems specifically in their bowels 
um, it has to do with trauma in their life, undealt with trauma. And so I held everything in and I believed, you know, being at the, in the church from a young age that I was just supposed to be okay because God was good oh, yeah. and that the trauma in my life just should not be, not impact who I am. And I lived as if that was true, but I never dealt with anything. Uh-huh. And some, did you feel like you shouldn't look back also? Yeah. Okay. I shouldn't look back and those, and I should forgive the people who hurt me mm-hmm. and, um, that they just, you know, I was, I was tough, get through it. Yeah. And push forward, move on, and don't look back at that. But uh, I needed to because that's what was causing me to unravel. Yeah. Well, and, and two, your body was like... Uh, My body was angry. angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the time to look yeah. at it. Yeah. Um, so then um, what what part of having the hysterectomy was, was difficult for you? Uh, well, as I said before, um, my two children are, are my my husband's children. But I, when I married my husband, yeah, yeah I, I chose them. And so I never really say they're my stepchildren. Um, but I never was able to have my own biological children. And so we, we had tried in our mm-hmm. 30s. Um, I had, you know, the, I don't even remember the call, laparoscopy, you know, and oh, yeah. they discovered then, this is kind of odd, when, when they did the laparoscopy, they discovered then that my bowels were attached to my abdomen wall, which is oh. from a trauma. Okay. And I'm, they're like, "Who? what happened to your stomach? I said, nothing. They're like, no, something happened to your stomach. And I said, no, nothing's happened to my stomach. But it was attached, and that was one of the reasons I was having so many problems. Yeah. But I also had a crushed fallopian tube at that time and um, then endometriosis. And so... Uh, we healed from that, but we were never able to get pregnant. And so I had come to terms with the fact that I wasn't going to get pregnant by about 41 or 42. But for some reason, the finality of oh, yeah. not getting pregnant yeah. was devastating. Oh, yeah. And I knew when I married Tom that there was a possibility that we weren't going to have kids. Um, and I, again, made that decision and I chose, I chose my children. Um, but I, growing up, thought I would have like six or seven no <laughs> just six I thought I would have six so six. just six so I thought I'd have a house full of kids and so that was a lot of grief for me to process and mm-hmm. it's it took me a while oh yeah yeah I could see that that would be the finality of that would just be devastating mm-hmm. um even though at that how old were you at that point 43 okay yeah yeah, yeah and there was some like why me um, I love kids yeah. Oh, yeah. I adore kids. <laughs> you know, yeah. I would do anything to have kids. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. So in your story, you talked about using vulnerability and authenticity um, as a means to control your circumstances. Um, I just would be curious what that looks like. Oh, I did not anticipate that question, Anne. <laughs> No, I think that um, I'm open, right? And something about the openness can attract people to me. And I could keep them close by if I continue to be open and vulnerable. Oh, interesting. We're just thinking about that. Yeah. I don't think I did. It was never an intentional calculation calculated move ever I mean but when I look back on it I'm like oh you know I can see how that can be a way to keep people tight yeah right if I'm vulnerable if I if I need them sure right 
yeah. then it keeps him close. And that's like really humbling to say out loud. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think oftentimes, I mean, even in my life, I look back and I can see things that I did not intentionally, but the Lord points them out like, oh, this is something that, you know, out of unhealth, you know, I was doing to manipulate my circumstances or my relationships. And yeah, it's just part of until we know better, we can't do better. So um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, and I'm sure there's people listening that are like, oh, I probably do that same thing. Yeah, so, my hope would be somebody doesn't listen to that and go, did you do that to me? Well, <laughs> probably <yeah>. not. <laughs> Even if you did. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I So the, the verse that came to mind when you were sharing your story is in Jeremiah 23 or 33. He actually, it's his call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Yeah. And um, I was honored to be a part of your the, this journey. Yeah. Um, and um, I've just seen you go from asking the Lord, what do you want to say to me? Yeah. <laughs> um, to really hearing from the Lord um, and being one of the people that I trust, you know, to hear from the Lord. And so... Um, what has that journey been like for you? It's been absolutely amazing at times. And then at other times it's been scary. And then I would even say it, sometimes it's been really frustrating. Um, How so? Well, which part? Frustrating. Frustrating. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I think uh, people don't talk. It's one of the things that people don't talk about. People don't oh. talk about hearing from the Lord, right? Sure. And so question what you're I, I question I'm like it's truly God am I really hearing God like or am I just making this up in my yeah. brain you know which is not bad to question no I know <laughs> I mean there's times where you know clearly that I know clearly yeah and so um but the but the other part of that is for me it has it's it's been so um, revolutionary, right? And then I don't know how to talk about it with people again because people don't really talk about it. But then also, I will, I've listened now because, you know, I go on these journeys where I'm like, oh, let me listen to everything that I can on this. I've, I've listened now to other people and what they say. And sometimes it causes me to question and doubt, right? And so I'll hear something that somebody says, like, you can't actually blah, 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 blah when it comes to the, yeah. And I'm not saying I audibly hear anything. But, but the thing is, is that it's like a voice outside my head, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not. But um, the way that people describe hearing from God is not necessarily how I, how I feel like I've heard from God. And so it can sometimes, sometimes cause doubt and sometimes I'll question. And, and so what I've had to start doing is like looking at the Bible and saying, okay, how does God interact with human beings Mm -hmm. from the very beginning? What did you do with Abraham? What did you do with Moses? What did you do with David? And I'm not saying I'm like any of those people, nobody, but God, God said, Hey, I need you to go. I can't remember who he goes to into battle with, but I need you to go into battle. And then, you know, I need you to go into battle with only 300 men. And here's how I'm going to help you choose them. Um, and so how did he, how did he talk with Peter, Paul, all of them? I mean, we have to look at the Bible and, and say, how did God do this? And then determine 
how if it's consistent, right? Yeah, sure. So, um, well, and part of it is beautiful because his because it's unique to you know. There's maybe not someone that you know that hears exactly how you hear. Um, I just think it just shows how the Lord, you know, relates with us all. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of it, right? He 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 relates to us according to our gifts. Sure. And this, yeah, the some gift people got, see a picture, or yep. some people, you know, hear a word, or some yeah, some people some have people a get in get in the word, and scripture jumps out yeah. to them, you know, based on what their circumstances. And that's what a majority of the people I've talked to have. Well, yeah, God just talks to me through His word, and I'm not saying God doesn't talk to me through His word because sure. He sure He does. Yeah. Um, but He. Now, in my relationship with him, he more confirms or reminds me of verses at the same time that he's sharing something personally with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is more than what I've heard other people say. Sure. Yeah. And and maybe it's just because they don't say it. Oh, because they keep yeah. it to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just was wondering when you're hearing from the Lord and you're questioning, um, how do you know that you're hearing from him clearly? Um, I will often, if, especially if it's something that seems a little bit off, something, there's, there are things I hear consistently, like you're my child. I love you. Mm -hmm. I adore you. I delight in you. Things that I need to hear that, like that. Um, if it's something that might be a little bit different from that course of statements, then I, I, um, ask God to show me in different ways. So, so I'll say, yeah, can you confirm it in a verse? Can you confirm it from somebody else? Can you, can I, and then I'll, I'll call people like you and say, hey, I need you to pray for me to have discernment in this area so that I know for sure that I'm hearing correctly. Um, there have, I, I try not to move too quickly. I ask for God to show me in different ways. Yeah, that's wise. So um, for someone listening that may not have ever heard from the Lord, what would you say to them? I would say that Jesus told us that he's our shepherd and that we know his voice. And so you may never, you may not hear the Lord the way I do, but he has a way that he wants to communicate with you. And the Holy Spirit will honor that. I often, I think we've talked about this, Anne, but I'm like, the Holy Spirit lives inside us. It's not like he doesn't know what we need. Sure. And so why wouldn't he? I mean, I live with my my family. Mm-hmm. I know what they need, and I talk to them when they need to hear something. Right. So why wouldn't the Holy Spirit do that? Why wouldn't he honor us with that? And then if, if you're still not hearing from God, I would probably say, Lord, what is it that's between you and I mm-hmm. that's keeping me from hearing you? Or do I need to confess sin? Or do um, is there something that I believe that isn't true? Some people just might believe that God really doesn't speak oh sure right he doesn't speak because the god of the new testament's only like this yeah Yeah. are you even willing to hear yeah so are you willing to hear and then i mean i really had to examine my heart in this and say what do i really think of god and how do i really think he'll interact with me Mm -hmm. he's my father Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i i I know how much i love my kids and i know how much i want to talk to them so why wouldn't he want to yeah talk with me he does so um, looking at your life um, and just the things that you've been through and um, the struggles, 
how can you see God using them to kind of shape and push you, um, give you passions? Um, well, um, early in my child, as I said, my parents were divorced at two. And then I experienced some different abuses mm-hmm. that um, pretty early on and, and saw some things I shouldn't have seen. And then um, I think the Lord has given me a strong sense of justice oh, yeah. and passion and, uh, like I said, wanting to create hope and inspire beauty um, for kids specifically. Mm-hmm. I and, and now I would even say adults. Um, I, I've been, a, I was started teaching at 23 and now I'm uh, the executive director of a charter school and my one, the one thing I want is for students to know that they are not limited by the trauma of their life. Mm. There's no way. There's a God that loves them. There's a God that cares about them. There's a God that um, wants the best for them. And I know I can't say that publicly, sure. but I want them to experience that from me. Yeah. And so um, that's how I feel about the the students. And then with the adults, I want them to know too that there are people out there with that are filled with grace and long suffering and um, hope. And I will always look at them and see them for who they really are, and not what they sometimes give us. Oh, sure. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. Um, just loving people despite, despite, uh, despite whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and, and I think probably with some of the kids that you have in your life, they have a t- fair amount of trauma that's not coming out in nice ways. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And to be patient with them and, and to say, I'm, I'm here and yeah. I still love you. Yeah. I mean, they, they're just like, what? I just did it. That's okay. And I think sometimes there have been moments, there have been specific students that things have happened to them and the passion and the fierceness that comes out of me uh, sometimes scares me, but I also think that they probably need that, right? They mm-hmm. need somebody to know that I fiercely care about you mm-hmm. and I'm going to do what I can to protect you and, and to fight for you. Mm-hmm. So there are moments where I think that even though it kind of scares me, the fierceness does, I think for the those kids that it's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, because you could have used used yeah. that. Well, um, I just, I loved being your friend and being on this journey and getting to see the Lord work in your life. And uh, I'm excited for our listeners who may not have experienced um, hearing from the Lord to just kind of, I don't know, just be a little bug in their mind. Just ponder it. Like, <laughs> just ponder it. <laughs> yeah, what do I think about this? And and, you know, what is the Lord asking of me? But I just um, felt prompted um, for us to close in prayer, which I don't usually do. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't know if you'd be willing, if we can. Yeah. Just do you want to close in prayer? Sure. Can just Okay. Sure. Just pray for our listeners. Thanks. Yeah. Generally, Father, I thank you for being a good God. I thank you for your son and that he came to this earth and he experienced the emotions, the trials, the hardness of a human life, and that he laid down this life and rose again so that we might have life everlasting with you. And I thank you even more, God, that you sent the Holy Spirit so that he could be our comforter, our guide, our teacher, and that you love our soul (laughs) that much. Lord, 
God, I pray for the people who are listening to this. I pray, God, that you would show yourself in a way that they can hear you, whether, God, that's through seeing or hearing or knowing or feeling, God. I pray that you would just show yourself, God. You're our Heavenly Father. You're our best friend. You're the lover of our soul. You're the Alpha, the Omega. You created us, God. Why wouldn't you want to talk to us? Why wouldn't you want to guide us specifically? And um, Lord, I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm humbled. I'm so thankful for how you've transformed my life with your word. And I'm so thankful um, that you've given me friends who love me despite myself. And um, thank you, God, for the, this community. Thank you for the stories that I've already heard on this podcast. And Lord, I just pray that you would use uh, the story you're writing in us women to change the lives of, lives of others. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for Thank you. sharing your story and uh, for being here and for being my friend. Thank you. Love you. Thank you for listening to Graceway's She Is podcast. We pray that today's episode encouraged you and gave you hope for your own journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified about future episodes.